Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by the Brothers Rutten. I'm Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And together we are! <laughs> Rutten Radio. Oh, I love it, I love it. Paul, you just I always almost, have... I almost did it. Yeah, almost. It was that last... Woo! <laughs> I just was announced. The arm, the <laughs> arm twirl, the yeah, fist was, pump in the office. more than I could handle. <laughs> oh, so. I love it, I love it. Well, brothers, how are we doing? Doing well. I was actually uh, with a priest from northern Minnesota the other day, and, and he said he happened to tune in when uh, our one of our episodes came on, and, and it was the one where for Tommy Boy when we had our laughing oh. spell, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he he was like living it all over again while he was telling me about uh, him listening, and as we're laughing, and I thought to myself, oh. So sometimes we don't even have to say anything <laughs> and people nope. are uh, drawn in. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I had some time up in northern Minnesota uh, in the woods. It was beautiful uh, fall season and you just reminded that, uh, you know, the East Coast probably has the best leaves, but uh, that kind of culture and environment exists around the Great Lakes and mm-hmm. um, had uh, some time with uh, some great priest friends to just get away and refresh before jumping into the uh, late fall and winter parish life. Outstanding. Father Paul? Yeah, um, I'm always just trying to figure out where the month went. Uh, (laughs) It just seems to be like, oh my gosh, here we go. Uh, So yeah, just school, uh, religious ed, RCA, all those things are up and running. (laughs) Uh, So the parish is as full steam as you can be in the midst of covid Right, right, right. Well, we and you, uh, Joe. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 Mimi. Um, you know, it's uh, what's you know, I have found that life is like leveling off for me is something I've been hmm. kind of experiencing. Like lots, it's still all the madness, still all the chaos. But I don't know. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just moving along, and uh, so it's been mm-hmm. good. Family life has been good. Uh, my family's just outstanding so things have been good but we can get into all that more later and just a reminder if you're out there listening this is rutten radio brothers rutten uh father john father paul myself joe rutten and you can like follow us on facebook you can follow us on our podcast you can follow us on the real presence network lots of ways in which you can interact converse and even if you would like pick up your own rutten radio swag bag so (laughs) I was going into church at St. Mary, Father Paul, oh. just the other morning. Yeah. And as I'm going in, the gore eyes. Oh. Yes, the gore eyes are like, hey, Joe, Joe, hey, hey, Joe, that 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 rutten radio stuff. Can, can we get like uh rutten radio masks? Oh. 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 So here's the deal. Uh-oh. Here's Uh-oh. the deal. This the makes first me nervous. person. To post a Facebook picture in a Rutten Radio mask wins something special. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. Oh, I love it. The minute they said it, I was like, oh, that would be. And then I was like, oh, I'll never follow through with it. So, uh, But I was going to do like a secret, like get a Rutten Radio th- uh, masks for you too. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't think that that's the one. I think they'd rather have like a sweatshirt or a, a stocking cap. Uh, but if you would want anything with Rutten Radio logo on it, you can purchase that. Father John, how can they do that? You go to Cafe Press Rutten Radio. Caf- Google Cafe Press Rutten Radio, and you will get the Rutten Radio site with sweatshirts and T-shirts and coffee mugs and... All kinds of different golf balls. All right. Well, you text the you want to hit If you ever wanted to knock us over the head, <laughs> put our put our our mugs on a, some golf balls. Yeah, put our mugs on some golf balls. So, Gore Eyes, you guys can go ahead and order whatever it is you want. So, 
with that, it's the best time of the year in my books. I love fall and October and the beauty of the uh, changing of the season. So with that, let's jump in to the first half hour Rutten Radio and the movie of the month. Father Paul? It is the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. So this is the second of three. Uh, Frodo and Sam are edging closer to Mordor with the help of the shifty golem. The divided fellowship makes a stand against Sauron's new ally, Saruman, and his hordes of Isengard. Dun, dun, dun. It uh, might have, Father John, a bit of a disclaimer to it. What do you think? Yeah, one big disclaimer called gory violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of, uh, yeah. you know, there's lots of violence, yeah. So, um, But I don't you find know, it, it's your... done. I would say it's done in a context that it makes sense. Right. And yeah. it, evil is evil and good right. is good. Uh, but certainly... It might not uh, be ready for your eight-year-old. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so with that yeah, said, though, Nothing is left to the imagination in the movie. That's with that said, say. these uh, movies, all three as a trilogy, are the cinematic... Uh, incarnation of what originally was the books of J.R.R. Tolkien. And um, they're just amazing. Mm -hmm. I I just, right out of the shoots, the cinematography every time gets me. They open up with Mm -hmm. these majestic views. I think it's shot in New Zealand. It makes Mm -hmm. me want to go on vacation to New Zealand, but I think that's about halfway around the world. So I'll probably never get there. But with that, initial thoughts and comments, fellas. Yeah, you know, for me, I think it's probably my favorite of the three, um, partially because everything gets, like, it's intense. Like, it is intense. Uh, you know, you still have that reality that you're not really certain. Things are falling apart. Things aren't going well. Uh, the the bad guys seem to be doing better. They're, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> as much as it's violent, I, there's something about the battle, the dra- the drama of just good versus evil and those kinds of things. Um the other challenge is there's a lot of foundation work put into these. And so sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, another set of characters or another name or people or who are these people and, you know, all of that. <laughs> um, and so it does take a little while, but I really feel like this is the one. And it, you know, when you get to the end of it, you're still not really certain of the outcome, but you get just a glimmer of hope. Just a glimmer. Father John? Yeah, I uh, realized something with this trilogy, which is I have a really hard time with the in-between period. Um, And I've seen these movies. I watched every ounce of these movies when they were first released, you know, almost 20 years ago, which is hard to imagine. And uh, this one never really stuck with me. And now that I've watched them again, I realize why. It's like not the beginning uh, but it's not the end. Mm-hmm. And the beginning has so many different characters, so many ways in which things are coming about. Um, maybe, Paul, where you like the depth and development of character, I sort of like the initial on-the-scenes moment. Sure. You know, even even my friend, uh, Father Samson, when he listens to music, he really listens to the words and he, and he goes deep. And it wasn't until I met him that I was like, oh, you're like listening to the mu- the words. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like the tune and how does it make you feel? So I think for me, this movie was pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It was a lot of battle. Even the difference in the topographies were still dark. It was like this one dreary sky on this mountain versus this muddled puddle of goo, you know, as far as you can see, versus this mountain filled with orcs and yeah. destruction. So I just had, I just mm-hmm. realized for me, who can sometimes be maybe more sentimental, it was a, it was a, the least interesting of the movies for me. Sure. Because the... there's no resolution, there's no big moment, there's no cathartic exclamation point. Um, it's kind of like, in my estimation, junior year of high school. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose. There's no messing around. It's not fun. It's not like freshman year where you're all excited about the anticipation of what's new and to come and everything's green and, and, you know, then sophomore year, it's like you mature a little bit and you kind of begin to get big for your britches. You kind of think you're more important than you really are. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then junior year, it's like, 
<laughs> Everything matters. School, the classes are hard and you have to do well at them. You have to begin getting ready for ACTs. The athletic competition changes. Now you're in this JV level type thing. And if you're not really good, then you're in between like sophomores and seniors. And like, it just isn't always. And you're not done. Fun. And you're not done. It's bookended between uh, this mm-hmm. whole thing. And so I would have to propose, John, that it might be the junior year of high school. Uh, you, you are really. Did I nail it or what? Bingo, bingo. That's like wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh-huh. Father Paul's over here, like, oh gosh, come on, Joe. No, let's no, go. it's good. It's hey, good. It's good. Uh, I we were out. Father Paul and I were socializing. It's oh, kind of yeah. fun having Father Paul and Father John back in the neighborhood again because I go out with my friends, and then they show up, you know? It's like, <laughs> Father Paul, what do you... Oh, yeah, that's right. Father Paul's their pastor. Yeah. So we had uh, my godsons, one of my godsons, Rowan Noonan's birthday, and we had a little gathering, and Father Paul was present, and <laughs> we were talking about the radio show, and uh, Ryan, uh, Rowan's dad, our friend, um, mentioned that he was with me for the first show the first uh, uh lord of the rings when it came out in theater and i had forgot i had remembered this but i didn't know he was with me so i was in rome and was waiting great with great anticipation to watch the first lord of the rings i'd read the whole books i loved it it's coming out it's going to arrive in theaters like three weeks after i get home i get home and literally it's it's like the first thing i do i take that back it was released three weeks before i got home so the first thing i did when I got back from Rome was I called Ryan and Ryan and I went to the movie theater to the Lord of the Rings. And I was still on jet lag from European time. And I was so tired 15 minutes into the movie. I said, I'm going to just go up top for a bit. Don't worry about me. I literally (laughs) crawled up to the top of the movie theater and I fell asleep and I woke up at the end (laughs) of the movie. (laughs) They had to wake me up. Oh, Lord have mercy. Here's this great anticipated moment in my life, and I fall asleep through the whole thing. So maybe it's an analogy for for something else. Well, with that, let's share a little bit more about themes and thoughts and and kind of dive a little bit deeper into this darkness that Father John talked about or uh, some of this intensity and character development that Father Paul is interested in. What do you think, fellas? Well, I'm... Yeah, I'm not going to really jump into the the darkness themes. the the one The one theme that kept a couple of different times come up for me is that strength can come from unlikely places, mm-hmm. or we can see strength in a particular way. Like you're in front of this battle, and you need you know they need to win this battle, and you have the right numbers of people. Okay, so you could be focused on whether you have the quantity to overcome the orcs Um, or things like that. But you realize like in the end, Frodo is the one who has the strength. So it isn't strength in numbers in a sense, it's strength in can this one accomplish the mission. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know, and you can get lost in light of all these things and, or, you know, how is he going to get inside and, and all these things. But um, so that strength comes in unlikely places here, Frodo, this, this uh, hobbit. Um, but uh, even Frodo, I'm, I'm, I didn't take the best of notes, so I can't remember some of the ways the lines, so correct me how this happens. But um, Frodo says to Sam, uh, ever dampen your spirits, does it, Sam? And you, you see this mentality where like they, the two of them need each other. Yeah. And they have different strengths, but our modern mentality can prevent us from seeing that Samwise is gifted. Mm-hmm. So you even even all of a sudden you realize among how oh it's it's Frodo Frodo's the one, but there's these moments where Samwise is the one who is given the grace you might say the mm-hmm. gift to encourage Frodo. Yeah, and the the beautiful thing when you see that that Frodo isn't Frodo without Samwise. Yeah, they're like connected, and so this beautiful thing to see that we're 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 gifted differently. Our strengths come in different ways, and um, uh, and another way in which you saw this come about was Gollum saves Frodo from drowning. Mm-hmm. 
right? Isn't that, yep, if I right. recall correctly, when, when he like begins yeah, to, he, he falls into the pool of, of when they're in that one place. Right. Um, so with all those he, when, pools and there's those dead people in there and, and Gollum, the thing you think is, should have been killed way back when, what if he hadn't been there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that it, the, it reminds me of scripture a lot where David's a young, a youth and he's called by God. Timothy says he's too young for the mission. Um, well, here we are, the two little hobbits, right? Are the ones that are going to somehow save Middle Earth. And that's how the, the second one ends. You know, they, the, they win the battle for Helm's Deep, I yep. think. Is it Helm's Deep? And then, you know, here's the team, the great all-stars, the barbarians and the, the humans and the wizards. And, and they just kind of look at each other and they're like, well... I guess the hope for Middle Earth relies on two little hobbits, yep. <laughs> and that's how the thing closes. And you're like, "Here we go!" You know, yeah. and all the all the all the gifts, talents, treasures uh, rely on the two most unlikely mm-hmm. of subjects, the hobbits. Yeah. Father Paul, yeah, uh, you know, for me, I've watched it a couple times, but in watching it in preparation for the show, I was really intrigued by Gollum or as we know him as also Smeagol or Schmeagol. Um It's such a complex character. Uh, and he really, I think can reflect uh, humanity on many, many, many levels. Um, and it is, it's in this episode where uh, Frodo realizes why, you know, Gandalf says, you know, you should have pity on, on this creature. Um, mm. And he says that now I do see him. I do pity him. And it was this real moment where Frodo could see beyond what he could see in Gollum. And I think so often for us, we don't see beyond what we see and we don't pity people or we don't have pity for people. Like we really don't look deeper to see something more uh, than what's on the surface in, in the midst of it. Or we make these judgments about people we don't even know. Like we just make all these judgments, all these things. Um, and then also they really, in this one, you really see the battle uh, that Gollum has with himself, uh, Gollum and Smeagol back and forth um, over who's going to win. Like who who really is going to win <laughs> right. in this person? You know, you've posted this before, Joe, the, the two wolves all right. um, or addiction or peer pressure, or society, identity, all these things that battle, like battle within us. Like who am I? Uh, who's going to win and and back and forth. And it's so well played out uh, in this character uh, that we all kind of can see a little bit of that idea that um, we all really do, in a sense, uh, you know, have this opportunity to be one way or the other in life. Um, That's uh, it's interesting because I just finished an executive leadership retreat and one of the things that was brought up was that top level leaders um, have a lot of have that same battle, right? This isn't like somehow, oh, you're president or you're the mm-hmm. pope or and you don't have the internal battle, right? Hopefully, you've been fighting that battle and your maturity over time has allowed the good wolf to win more often than the bad mm-hmm. wolf. But uh, there's a Forbes article about that surveys uh, the nation's top CEOs. And their greatest fear is being exposed for incompetence. Yeah. That that they're, the people that work for them or with them will come to realize that they don't know what they're doing. It's like, oh my gosh, that's what, that's the dialogue. It's an internal battle. Like yeah. the golems, like who's going to win, Schmeagol or Golem, you know, and here, and everybody has that in their own life. And just to be attentive to that first mm-hmm. And then to recognize within that, that, uh, you know, with God's grace, we believe that the victory can be won over the right. bad wolf. Uh, but boy, if we think we're going to do this one on our own, <laughs> good luck. <Yeah. laughs> well, I think, Paul, you kind of hit on it. For me, I really, I like the the, the character of Golem and Schmeagol. And even the, the name was, I found that fascinating as... Uh, you know, a teacher, I've always talked about the scriptural importance of names. And the uh, I've always told my students, give a, a heads up whenever God changes somebody's name. Yeah. And here it is. It's, it's we have Golem or Schmeagol, 
But then all of a sudden we find out that he's actually Gollum. And it's like he was given his identity back as his name was revealed, his further identity and, and, and dignity. And then slowly, right, uh, that he, he softens. He becomes a bit more human. You, you begin to see something deeper, and, 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 but then it doesn't. It ends like, oh man, which way is this thing gonna go? But you did discover that there's something else. There's someone else. There's he's been given a name, sure, and he has dignity. So I really was fascinated by that. That cre- I mean, he's and how many times? And then there's another time where uh, the king. I forget the king's name. Aiden. All right. So he is under a spell. Right. Right. Yep. And when he gets the spell is broken and he's going to run out the the magician that's put the spell on him and he's ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. And he as he's approaching him, he says, you are about to make me walk on all fours. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's what Golem is. Golem's under a spell. Mm-hmm. Cha-ching. What's this? Oh, the ring. You know, and it just, uh, I think there's a lot going on there. I can't wait for the third one. Yeah. All righty. Father John, uh, your favorite character. Do you have a favorite character uh, uh, from that? You know, Paul and I really hit on Golem and Schmeagol. Do you, when you watch it, does somebody draw you in? Well, I just think Samwise is the person that this time surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh just to hear the simple way in which I never saw him before. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, there was a, uh, yeah, it just was the simple way I realized like he was needed too, and he wasn't needed to carry the ring. He wasn't needed, um, to, you know, do heroic. He was needed in these certain moments to keep the mission true to what it was supposed to be. And that mission meant Frodo needs to keep moving forward. Um, and and even in that, it's not like so. Then he was often uh, was it he or was it Pippin? I think it was. I think it was Samwise doesn't like Gollum. Right? Oh, he hates him. And <laughs> hates Gollum. Hates you know. And so it's not like Frodo just listens to everything of Samwise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Frodo has to say, stay true to his heart too. And he has this ability to look at Gollum in such a beautiful way. I was really struck by the moments where Frodo was doing that, you know, like he was, I don't, I don't know exactly how he said it, but like he was one of us too, or he, he isn't much different than a hobbit mm-hmm. or I don't know. There was beautiful moments. So, so it's, it's not Samwise as in Samwise has to convince Frodo of stuff, but Samwise has his place. He does. Yeah. He does. And at the end, uh, when uh, Schmeagel and Golem are wrestling with the, they're having that internal dialogue, and you get a sense that Schmeagel could win out and and Frodo could be in trouble. Schmeagel could could come after him again. He says to himself, he says, "Oh, but he has Samwise with him. That Samwise doesn't like us, does he, Master?" <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. so he knows, evil knows that there's a protector there, right? Cuz I keep I keep waiting for Frodo to his his naivete to cost him. You know, for like, you be careful Frodo. <laughs> you know, you're you're dealing with evil here, but evil knows Samwise there to protect him and and it's uh you know, we just celebrated the feast of the guardian angels the other day and it's like we have that. We have those protectors in our own lives. And, you know, I was blessed to go to Mass and it, with Father Paul on the Feast of all, uh, Guardian Angels. And he's like, hey, how come we don't use these anymore? How come, like, we just talk to our kids about them? How come as adults we don't say the Guardian Angel prayer ourselves? We act like it's for children. And, and I thought, oh, right. I say the Guardian Angel prayer only with my children. Why? Why wouldn't I pray? The, I have a Guardian Angel Um, he's probably twiddling his thumbs thinking, (laughs) would you wake up and call my name and put me to use like Samwise? Yeah. Yeah. We've got just a couple of minutes here. This has been a fast half hour. We've got uh, a couple of minutes to wrap up the two towers, Rutten radio, the movie of the month, uh, fantastic cinematography, really long, but it moves. It's intense. And we still are on 
the edge as to what will happen in the third yeah. of the trilogy. Father Paul, a final thought as we wind down. Yeah, you know, and I think this sort of comes along the line of what John was talking about, you know, really this idea of like what really keeps us going. Like you can see they just all want to quit. Like <laughs> we're done. Like this is exhausting. This isn't going well. We're tired. It's not going well. Uh, and there's that moment when we just want to give up and something or someone outside of ourselves is the thing that really mm. uh, pushes us and motivates us. And the challenge, I think, for us is, you know, how do we let Christ be the one that motivates us uh, and the one that really gives us that ability to move forward uh, even when, you know, or at the moment in which we'd like to just quit? Father John. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't have anything to contribute. <laughs> well, that, wow, that's a, a first. No, it's not uh, a no, first. It's rare, but it's not casting a first. stones here, right? right? Yeah. Like I have, I yeah. have holes all over my glass house here. Well, that's fantastic. We're winding down the first half hour here of Rutten Radio. The movie of the month was the Two Towers from the series The Lord of the Rings. Uh, we hope that you'll uh, check in with us here just after the break. As you uh, listen to, we would love to have you support our sponsors as well. So with that, uh, we'll be right back on the flip side. Peace. And we're back to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome. And you Catholic. can catch us and Catholic. <laughs> I forget one thing. Paul. It's all right. No, no, one no, 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 no. no. Sorry, sorry. I forget. <laughs> I was just trying to help you out. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Come on, brother. I, I, right. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, yeah, we forget one thing. You're all over us. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, for all our listeners out there, welcome back. This is Rutten Radio. We just finished the movie of the month, and we did uh, Lord of the Rings Movie number two, The Two Towers. And we just want to give a shout out here to uh, all of our listeners. If you want to follow us, you can do so. Twitter, Facebook, phone calls, emails, all the traditional media stuff. But we actually have our own podcast. (laughs) Father Paul, how is it that somebody, if they want to get us on their tech device? Well, if you subscribe to podcasts on Apple or uh, Google, Spotify, um, or if you do have an Alexa device, you can ask it to play Rutten Radio podcast. No way. And you it will can, uh, it will now play the latest episode. Uh, they don't call Alexa it Alexa play <laughs> Rutten Radio. It's like Rutten. It's like Rutten. Oh, Father John, you were supposed to have Alexa there. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so you can listen to them on those devices as well. Vanity, vanity. vanity. All things, All are, vanity. things are vanity. I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to set Alexa up for my wife. And I'll be like, Alexa, Rutten Radio. And then but again, she mispronounces like, her name. <laughs> oh, she does? Yeah, she does. It does she call, no, me. she probably doesn't. Does she call us Rutten? That's something, but it's not rotten. So we're supposed to pronounce our name like brew. Well, root. It's actually a rolling R. Uh, rooten. Well, that's going to be rotten. So it is rotten. All right. Sorry. Let's move on yeah. here, fellas. Let's thank our sponsors. I just found out we have some tremendous sponsors. Thad Barnes and Andy Demore sponsor yes. this show. Yes. Father Paul, how'd that happen? We're awesome. Oh. No. Um, we are vanity and Paul, not Paul's vein. No, uh, John, I thought that I was a school. problem for me and you. I went to school with that. You did? Uh, yep. So I was over at his house and uh, just kind of said, hey, you could consider sponsoring. And then, and then his wife, Nicole, is really the one that said, hey, you should sponsor them instead. So, yeah. Outstanding. Well, thank you to Thad. So if Barnes you're looking for financial, Moore, financial planning, planning they're, they're the ones. Yep. Outstanding. Well, we should give some shout-outs. Um, Father John, Father Paul, you guys got anybody you want to holler at and say yeah, hello to? Yeah, give a shout-out to Brad Price and uh, also to everybody at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House Ministry, uh, Madeline Shields for running a great, great uh, mission, 
and uh, Jaden Rutten, who yeah. works down there and does yep. a great, uh, newly graduated, her her work being put to use uh, from mm-hmm. school. And then Cindy Corman put on a great uh, Taste of Goodness. She was one of the leaders. I think there was maybe yep. another one, too. Michelle, she did a lot of work Melissa for the, um, the silent auction, and it just was a fantastic night. So <laughs> shout out to everybody that helped make uh, that fundraiser downtown Sioux Falls such a success and the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House who yeah. cares for so many of the homeless people. Yeah. Outstanding. Father Paul? Well, I was going to do a shout out to Thad Barnes and Andy Damore. Oh. So, <laughs> so a shout out to <laughs> Joe. That's all right. Once again, no, that's John right. or Joe steals Paul. That's all right. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Well, I will give a shout out to Father Paul because all of a sudden I've been going to Mass over at St. Mary a little bit more. And I was like, oh, the homilies are actually, they actually are kind of good. I'm like, well, no, no, they're really good. Yeah, right. Father Paul's homilies are good. <laughs> Thanks, so, Joe. Went and got myself a little fill of the, the Father Paul homilies the last couple of Sundays. And, Catherine uh, gave me her the, birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Feast of St. Therese. Yeah. So, so right. give a shout out to Father Paul. Let's jump into our theme here, our, our, our conversation in the second half hour of Rutten Radio, the conversation around evil. I didn't realize, well, is evil real? You know, it's like, I don't know. What is evil? Is it real? Is it good? And so I thought, oh, Paul wants to talk about evil. Paul, what is evil? Wow. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a dark topic. (laughs) Um, But, and, but in the reality of like, like darkness, um, it's evil's not something that's the absence of something. So explain that. It's, uh, so darkness is the absence of light. Uh, so the darker something gets means the less light there is in something. So evil only exists because there is good that it can be from. So mm. the lack of goodness is evil itself. So we would say that like God didn't create evil in that sense. It's not created. It's the distortion of that which is good. Mm. Uh, and it comes about, again, because of freedom, free will, uh, because we do have freedom to do something or not do something, we, we can really, we can lack the ability to live to the potentiality of the good that's in us. Right. Mm. right. The, the thing that I think that's important is it's probably the one thing where we really struggle the most as Christians trying to explain an all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God. And then they're like, well, then why is there all this evil? Like, right. why and do bad things happen to good people? And why do why does my dad have cancer? My mom died in a car accident and all these things. Uh, it's really hard. Like we can't wrap our mind around that part. Right. And I'll contribute um, a growth to that conversation on evil in that the catechism describes evil in two manners or types, and that Mm -hmm. is moral evil and natural evil. And this idea of moral evil, as you mentioned, being like the response of free choice, um, whereas natural evil being the brokenness to creation and tsunamis, wildfires, things of this nature. And so both of them are suffering. Both of them are, are an absence of good. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is the result of human freedom. And I guess in that sense, you would have to say spiritual freedom because the angels had that choice as well. Yep. Yep. Um, and then the brokenness of creation, which is a result, I believe, yep. of that free free choice. Um and the idea that this that we weren't created evil or that evil wasn't primordial, it wasn't original, um, is something that's very hopeful for me because it tells me that my God is a God of love, mm-hmm. that I was create I was intended to be perfect. I was created with with a purpose, but something's broken in my DNA. Something happened. And so when I die, I think the first person I'm seeking out is Adam. I'll have a little conversation with him and be like, listen, dude, what happened? <laughs> yeah, screwed it up for the rest of us. Uh, but I'm sure I would have done no better. So with that, uh, evil. Yeah. Father John, when you think of the topic, you, somebody says evil. What's, uh, what's the first thing that jumps into your mind? 
interestingly enough, I was talking with a priest about this. If people are evil, mm-hmm. if we believe that people are evil, mm-hmm. and um, I think I could say off the bat, well, yeah, Hitler's evil, or you know, I can name certain people that I think Mao is evil, and um, but when I get down to like people I really know, um, there are very few times I can think of. I can think of at least one. It took me a long time. I can think of one person that I really believed was evil. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, it's typically like woundedness or brokenness in the person that it hasn't been brought to the love of God. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is like actually, and now that I'm talking about it, it's actually beginning to make sense. Um, so evil is the absence of good. And so because that woundedness hasn't been offered to the Father, it is is evil mm-hmm. in a way evil in that not it's like you are a demonic person, but it's evil in that there's an absence of good. Whereas when you bring a wound to the father, it becomes redeemed. It carries like a, uh, an ointment or a, a, an oil of goodness. Um, so, but then, so it's like the woundedness more than like someone is evil. Um, but it's that absence of what should be good in somebody that you begin to experience as opposed to when I think of the word evil, I'm typically thinking of something demonic mm-hmm. and I have met someone before that I believe was demonic and, or there was something attached to them that was demonic in a way in which you're like, I don't know what's going, there's like something I just got to go, you know, you can, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. just because we're priests, we experience this, but I think different times you just say there's something not right here with this person so let's Um, let's get to let's hold on to that for one second i want to uh bring something out that you said you you'd said um now that i'm um now that i'm saying it i'm i understand i'm I'm beginning to understand did you remember saying that so Mm -hmm. joseph peeper the great german philosopher and theologian has a great line he says the natural habitat for truth is conversation, is dialogue. And so what Mm -hmm. happened right there is you encountered a deeper, truer reality because you spoke it. You were in dialogue with us, right? It can't and so it's just an important little lesson for us of why civil dialogue is so important. Yeah. And in our world today we really, as we know, are struggling to dialogue. That's bad for truth. (laughs) Because <laughs> yeah. the only way we get to truth is in dialogue, Peeper says. It lives in conversation. It's spoken word. And you just expressed that. Now that I'm talking, I'm coming to understand that a little deeper. So I just want to highlight that. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Boy, we could use a little bit more civility in it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Uh, evil as um, kind of incarnational spiritual um, manifestation of like kind of the diabolical. Uh, have you two are priests. Do you ever encounter like something that's more than just like the absence of good in the sense that like, oh, they just didn't make the right decision or they made a bad decision, but like something that you have felt like, oh, that's different. <laughs> that's That's what people think about, but don't usually experience. Have you two fellas had anything like that? Father John, did we lose him? <gasps> no, I think, you know, I, I'm trying to think, and I don't know that I would say I've ever like encountered it where I felt like it was demonic in that sense. Um, it exists. It's real. You know, the devil's real. Right. Uh, those things are real. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It, uh. It's not something to mess with. I right. think that's, you know, that, that really is important. Right. Um, you know, the whole thing, tarot cards, Ouija boards, all of that stuff is, is not good. Right. Uh, to, to really, you know, the church is dabble, pretty clear about dabble that. With. The problem is, is Milton Bradley makes the game, I know. you know? And so there's this problem like, you know, or, uh, I don't remember who it is. Um, I don't think it's peeper. Um, but this idea that because the devil, isn't very scary looking in most things 
we don't really take it seriously in, in that reality as well. Um, as well. But I think it's also important whenever you do talk about evil that we talk about the fact that that it's not like there's these two equally opposing forces. Like Christ is is far greater than right. any evil. And I think it is always important uh, to realize that, that there's not this equal battle and we're not sure who's going to win. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's the, that is the one thing that um, I think is important. Probably the most famous passage is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. We see it at all the sporting events. And then as it goes on, it says, and this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light mm. because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Oof. But he who does what is true comes to the light, that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been wrought in God. And so there is this invitation to really say in my own life, I do need to let light come in. You know, I mean, whether it's through confession, uh, whether it's through, you know, talking to someone else, but light has to come into this. I can't, I mean, this is the thing, like the evil loves darkness, loves secrets, loves things that, you know, you think about all the things you're not supposed to do and they're always dark, right. uh, secret, <laughs> you know, like places that have entrances that aren't in the front. Like, why would they do that? Why would they right. make places where no one would see you coming or going uh, and those kinds of things? And so that ability to really say, I have to let the light of God, the love of God come into me and it will continue to push out. Right. It'll continue to, to let go uh, of the things that are dark uh, in the midst of, but it's painful, like coming out of a movie theater in the middle of the day and you open that door and it's like, wow, the bright light in the midst right. of it. And uh, this is uh, Plato's cave, the allegory of the cave uh, where Plato talks about the prisoners that are enslaved or in bondaged in the cave and one of them escapes. And as he goes out into the light from the cave, immediately the sun pierces him. Right. And it's, it's hard for him to, um, to see the reality outside because his eyes have to adjust. Sure. And that adjustment is painful. I mean, piercing, right. And it's like, so medicine isn't always, you know, we put sugar in medicine for a reason, right? right. It's like, and sometimes you don't get the sugary medicine and you got to take it, the pill. Yeah. Uh, and so in this idea of evil and its impact on us and exposing it, um, what have you found, Father Paul? And I know confession, What are there some practical tips or advice that you might give to listeners that say, Here's a good way to go about trying to fight that internal battle against good and evil. Like, how can you feed the good wolf? How can, what, in what ways daily can you go about practically trying to be a better person and fight those evil inclinations? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have someone with whom you can be brutally honest. Mm. Um, and they're going to be brutally honest back. <laughs> brutally honest. Yeah. You know, and I say that, you know, maybe from from perspective of a guy, but you can't sugarcoat it. Like, you know, it's, it's sometimes you'll hear, or I'll try to help kids. I'm like, you don't sort of kind of do something or we, hmm. we excuse the thing we're about to say, well, you should, I mean, it was, you know, this, uh, no, this is what I did. Like there's this real freedom in just being able to say, well, I did it. I owned it. Uh, and now I can let go of it uh, in the midst of it. Um, I think resentments, like if there are resentments, if there's people or things that I haven't really asked for the grace mm -hmm. to, to really be reconciled with it, they'll, they'll continue to eat us alive. But secrets, uh, all of those things really, you know, they need to be uh, given over to Christ and Christ really needs to come into our life in a way that, that sets us free. And we see it, you know, you see it time and time and time again in scripture, you know, um, both of them those that will bring it to the light and those that won't and, um, and, and our ability to be willing just to bring it all straight to the light. <laughs> I've got this mentor that, uh, is my brutally honest person that mm -hmm. I'm, and I find number one, that I never want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> and when I do the first thing he's like, well, have you prayed about it? And I never have prayed about it. Like <laughs> right? I, everything I know, I, yep. I just, you know, and so um, I'm working with somebody else and just kind of encouraging them in the same way, right? Hey, you know, you should have this accountability partner. And I said, but the one thing I would encourage is honesty is really important. And sometimes you just have to spit it out. 
you just say it, just get it, just quick, get it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it's the quickest way. Don't think about it. Just get it out, you know, with that accountability partner mm-hmm. or the person that you ought to be honest with. Uh, and it's just amazing the healing that comes up, like the light, right? Yeah. What that light can do for you. So Father John, you've been uh, quiet in the background there as we're chatting. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking the rules of Ignatian discernment are brilliant and Tell us a little um, bit about those. Uh, the, the, in, the, the, in the midst of those, there's 14 of them, and one of them is uh, the devil wants you to keep things secret, and so it's important to bring things to light with the right spiritual person. Sure. You know? yeah, or uh, the devil thinking... wants to attack you at the same spot. So yeah. know yourself well, and where do you usually fall? And you know, the the thing that's helpful to me is to realize my way out of evil isn't by managing the evil. Right. My my way out of sin isn't by managing the sin. My way yeah. uh it's if I just look at my experience, it's always because something else outside of my plan and my effort comes to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember after a number of you know, when you <laughs> been around the block a few times and when you when you when you really want the Lord and you know, when you really want to live, when you mm-hmm. really want real peace, joy, when you begin to taste what it is to live, you want more of that. And you realize the things that hold you back. But one time I realized, wait a minute, I have gotten out of a lot of sin in my life. But the thing that is finally like snips the cord is has never once been something I planned Ooh. ever. And I remember realizing that. And then I remember realizing how hard it was to live that fact in front of my next difficulty. Oh, sure. Yep. Cause I wanted to think, I know how I can get out of this. If I just do this and this and jump this. up, jump yep. down, yep. go left, left, right, left go right. right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, in the start. end it, I, I can say it always came from outside of me. Mm-hmm. I can, I can say, and by that, I mean, you know, I was standing in the woods and the light shined through the trees and I yep. had an experience of freedom. Um, yeah. or I met a person at the grocery store and they smiled at me and I just realized, Oh my gosh, life isn't that yep. serious. Or a friend of mine stopped by or, you know, so yep. that's what I mean by yep. outside of me. It came from outside of me. And, um, but I just got to like live my life with all my desire, with all my hopes for things. And then little by little, God's like, huh, have you noticed that one hasn't been nagging you in the butt lately? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, have you noticed that this isn't what you've been thinking about lately? And he just chooses how he wants to make me holy. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing in, in the, I, after I had said the whole thing about brutally honest, um, we also do have to be careful that I don't do more harm to another person trying to sort of fix myself. Right. So sometimes the thing that needs to be reconciled within me doesn't necessarily need to cause <laughs> pain and suffering for another person. And that's why it's important mm. that you have someone, right. a spiritual director or a mentor that you can talk to and say, you know, should I, is this something that I need to really talk to this person about? Or is there another way that I need to go about dealing with X, Y, or Z? Um, and sometimes we can cause damage, right? Um, because and it and it's really for ourselves uh, in one way. Um, I think so. that's yeah, a, I think that's, that's a, a good that's reminder. Right, right. I uh, in in that selflessness, just the whole concept of evil of trying to be better, uh, the turning out in serving others or Mm -hmm. seeing others. Like when I'm depressed, struggling, caught up in my own sin, uh, work's crushing me. Something's not going right in a relationship. I'm not being honest with myself or something like that. Just serving somebody in some way. It might even be just my kid. It might even just be my kids putting my phone down and intentionally being like, I am leaning into my children right now and I'm going to lay on the ground and I'm going to play battleship with Leo. Yep. And it's amazing what these, because, but there's action to it. It's never like a passive thing where I just say, oh, change. And I change. It's, it has to be like acted upon, you know, and, 
But that small act of turning out from myself, I feel like for me, has been really an important technique I've used to get me out of myself. It gives me empathy for other people. And it also makes me realize this isn't about you, Joe. My wife tells me that every once in a while. (laughs) Well, that reminds me of the dynamic of the Catholic faith without works is dead. Right. Because we do believe it's grace. We don't believe right. that, oh, it's all a human effort. But in a way, what you just described, Joe, reminds me of that. Right. Like God created us in a way in which he doesn't make us robots. He gives us these moments of freedom and then and then we get to choose it. Right. We 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 like choose it. But because of the fruitfulness of it and the grace that's involved even in the choice, it can feel sometimes like, oh my gosh, it doesn't even take work, you know, or <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's a beautiful example. Well, it's been a good hour here. We're kind of wrapping up. We got a minute or two left as we, uh, uh, kind of wrap up our rutting radio for the month of October. My favorite month. I love October football, sweatshirts, bonfires, football. (laughs) Uh, you just keep adding to it. Somebody else said like October's John Prine month. Like these are good things. Uh, as we finish up, <laughs> as we John Pry doesn't even know. Do you know who John Prine is? Does anybody no. know who yeah. John Prine is? I know I don't. Oh, am I supposed to know? I don't know. He's worth knowing, don't you okay. think, John? Oops. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. so All right, I'll research that. Go research John Prine. Right. Um, uh, final thoughts, um, just on anything that's on your heart as we wrap up Rutten Radio here. Fifteen seconds. Yep. Uh, October is the month of the Rosary, and that is probably one of the greatest. Just ways in which I can find myself in a better place. So I'd encourage people um, to, if you don't, learn. But if you do, pray the rosary. Sounds great, yeah, Father John. Amen. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd ditto on that one. Yep. Yeah. Outstanding. I, uh, I left on my trip without my rosary, and man, oh, oh, oh man, don't forget it. Yep. Oh my All God! Right. Finally, I had to say to my brother, my my friend, priest friend, I was like, "Do you have a rosary I can steal?" <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Don't forget our mother. Bring her with you. And yep. next month's movie of the month will be the third in the series of the Lord of the Rings: The Return yeah. of the King. Let yeah. us finish with the family prayer. Our Father, Father, we thank thank you for your love and for your many blessings, blessings. especially for the precious gift of each other. Help Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Thanks for joining us here in the month of October. We look forward to seeing you on the first Wednesday of November. Peace and God bless. From Real Presence Network. This is Rutten Radio.